Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today we're going to revisit this important concept of the emergency fund. Even more important today than it's ever been. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast, Coronavirus Edition. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TFWP. What is that you say? The Financial Wellness Podcast. Today, we're coming to you from not Van Eyes and Uncle Studios anymore. We're doing this by Zoom. So I'm coming from you from the San Fernando Valley or Topanga, and our engineer is in Van Eyes. And oh, look, it's Brian Reed coming to us from. How's it going, Dave? Venice. Good, you? Hanging in there. Man, I haven't seen you face to face in like months and months and months, but we, we talk over Zoom, we talk over the phone. We're making it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, we're, we're in our, what, about a ninth week of uh, coronavirus, doing our coronavirus. Time. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, anything that uh, has been new or different or insights that you've had uh, based upon this coronavirus experience? Just reopen and face the music. Ain't it the truth? I heard somebody calling it uh, the Coronas. So now, now we've got a shortened name for it. it it's the Coronas. Coronas. Makes it a little easier. We're all wearing these uh, masks, although I saw something today that said that masks can be bad for your health if you wear them too long. So I don't know. Anything that you do has got, got issues or, or problems, you know? It is what it is. Kind of like hanging out at the house, though. We'll, we'll figure it out. There you go. Yeah. Well, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. So, hey, Brian, last week uh, you weren't with us, but we spoke with uh, Amanda, who's a 27-year-old millennial, and we talked about her her finances during these coronavirus times, or dare I say, coronas times, and we rapidly started to focus on uh, her emergency fund, something that she had been put together, and, and it really caused me to think about the issue and uh, think that we should really revisit this issue. I mean, it's, it's worth a revisit. Now, we've talked about this before. It's, you know, in an early, early episode, maybe about episode 110, two years ago, you know, we talked about the need for an emergency fund as part of my five steps for financial success. And for those listeners that don't know what those are, hey, go back to our first uh, 10 episodes and check it out. Or if you want the short version, they are one, get rid of the credit cards, two, know your cash flow, three, eliminate debt immediately, four, create an emergency fund, ding, 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 that's why we're here today, and five, put together 15% for retirement. But two years ago, even two years ago, we discussed the fact that there was a survey by bankrate.com and that survey showed that 61% of the respondents indicated that they'd need to borrow a thousand bucks for an emergency 
as opposed to using money set aside for savings. 61%. Further, there was another survey that was done by the Federal Reserve. I think it was Federal Reserve of New York. And they indicated that 44% of Americans couldn't even cover a $400 emergency expense like a car repair out of their pocket. Wow, that blows my mind. It means that many, way too many people are living paycheck to paycheck. You know, a little more recently, there's a, I saw a 2019 study by uh, Charles Schwab. And they, the study showed that 59% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And there was another um, a survey where they showed that uh, that figure could be as high as 78%. So there's a vast, vast, vast majority of people out there who are living paycheck to paycheck. And this is a really, really bad, bad circumstance. One of the reasons we're revisiting this again it's an important, important issue. Hey, hey, look who just dialed in. It's, it's Nick Appel. Hey, Dave. Good to be here. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. No, we're doing good. We're just, we're just warming up. We're just opening up this bad boy. I'd love to hear it. Can't wait. Where you, episode. Where are you coming to us from? Beautiful, cloudy San Diego. Cloudy San Diego. Gotta love it. So we got Venice, we got San Diego, a couple of beach guys. I'm in the valley. Scott's in Van Nuys, he's in the valley. So we're ready to roll. All right. Well, let's get back to what we were talking about. We we're talking about this need for an emergency fund. And we were we were looking at stats, Nick, about um, how many people are living to, to paycheck to paycheck and and a survey on uh, career builder that said as many as 78% of the people in the United States are are living paycheck to paycheck so in in good times it's important to have a emergency fund and in coronavirus times or what we've heard people call it Nick coronas times um, it's even it's even more important so Let's talk a little bit more about an emergency fund because it seems to me that's the primary way that people can, one, get out of this, this terrible cycle of being paycheck to paycheck and then also have the ability to, have, to be sustainable in the event of you know, one of these crazy things happening, whether it be the, the coronavirus, whether it be 9-11 or you know, one of these other things that, that seem to happen from time to time where cities just get quiet and nothing happens for a while. So let's talk about that. You know, last week when we were talking about the emergency fund, we talked about the fact that Amanda had listened to some Dave Ramsey stuff or read some Dave Ramsey stuff. And he recommends three months, three months of your expenses to be put in an account safe for a rainy day, what we called somebody's nut, their living expenses, not their gross. And he's talked about three months. When we've talked about it in the past, we've talked about three to six months, maybe good to have a little more than that. It's tough to do. But also we talked about the fact that Susie Ormond is talking about eight months. In fact, I saw an article just recently where she was advising people that, hey, now maybe is the time to start uh, putting money back into the market. I'm not suggesting that. Uh, there's, there's other issues that are out there. But uh, she was saying, look, if you got eight months of security fund, you got everything else in order, you don't have debt, 
maybe this is the time to, to go back to that because there are deals out there. So different people have different rules of thumb, uh, three months, six months, eight months even. But bear in mind, it's expenses, not income expenses. And expenses is a lower number than your income because expenses is net expenses is after tax. Um, and this is what we need to take a look at. So I guess the first thing that people need to do is figure out what their monthly living expenses are. What's your, what's your nut. And for people that are following the five steps that we talked about that that's already been done yesterday. Amanda was saying that, that her nut was a thousand bucks. She was, um, you know, not paying a whole bunch of rent, had a paid off car, et cetera, et cetera. That's a nice low nut, man. That's a sweet low nut. So um, it's been a while since I've had a, uh, a nut that, that's quite that low. So that's the first important thing, it seems to me, you know, have a, have a low nut if you can, cut out some of those, those things. You know, two years ago when we talked about this, we talked about, you know, where do you get the emergency fund from? And the answer is it really doesn't matter. You know, the important thing is you got to get it done. You can sell an asset. You can do something else. Um, if people are following the five steps and they're just finishing up the third step of paying debt, well, now they've got money that they've been using to pay debt and that can go to uh, pay off the emergency fund. Um, you know, do, do, do a side job for a while. Have a garage sale. Um, dare I say, put your stimulus check in your security fund. I'm sure the government doesn't want you to put your stimulus fund in there, but maybe that's a, maybe that's a good thing to do. Something to think about. Have you got your stimulus check yet, Nick? Yep. And it's in the market. Nicely played. B Reed. Um, I have mine and I'm deciding what I'm going to do with it. Nice. Nice. I didn't get mine. I don't think I get one. I don't know why. But make too much money, Dave. No, I don't think that's it. I just don't think they like the way I look or something, but I don't, I don't get one. Like some, like so many things, the wife goes, no, you don't get that. So it is what it is, you know? So we talked about, again, two years ago, we talked about where to keep this emergency fund. And we, we talked about the fact that you want to put it in the bank, uh, in a separate account. Yeah, you don't want to have it in your main account because it's too easy to, to grab it or do something with it if, if you're anything like me. Um, it's too easy to get lost in the fray or to get spent. Maybe not even necessarily an investment account where you could lose the principal, although uh, Nick is, that's something that Nick is doing. Um, it, you don't want to take any losses on your emergency fund if you can help it. Last whole bunch of years taking a loss. Huh, what a joke, right, guys? And all of a sudden, Nine weeks later, we're standing around going, God, the market really went down a third. That's, that's brutal stuff. So uh, you want to make sure that you can get to it. You want to make sure that that account's liquid. Um, it, it's not an investment fund. It's, it's for an emergency. So, you know, some kind of an account where you're going to get some ridiculously low rate of interest. If you need to get your hands on the money, you can do it um, very quickly. Something that you can do now, almost at a moment's notice. You know, and I, I like to have it out of sight, out of mind. You know, when I was first starting a, an emergency fund years ago, I would not open the envelope from the bank because I didn't want to see how much money was in it. I'd look at it every year or so just to make sure someone wasn't stealing something out of it. But if I got a, you know, if I got an envelope and said, hey, you've got uh, 1200 bucks, I'd be looking at stereos or TVs or something, you know, and I just didn't want to know out of sight, 
out of mind. Don't even look at it. Don't even consider spending the money unless there's, you know, some kind of an emergency that that comes along. So that's what we had to say two years ago about the need for an emergency fund. And then um, last year, in episode 222, that was in June of last year, just what, 10 months ago, uh, we talked about the joy of an emergency fund. Either you guys remember that? I do. Yeah, we, we interviewed. Were you there, Brian, for that? Were you on? I'm not sure. It might have been. Yeah. Nick was. Listen to it. Yeah, Nick was busy uh, studying. Although, Nick, you've listened to it. Nick heard that. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about, uh, we talked with a guy named Matt, and, and we discussed just the sheer joy and freedom of having an emergency fund. And we talked about the fact that, uh, uh, you know, he really didn't have that earlier on in his life. And when he finally got serious and, and started putting that together, um, he was really surprised by the sheer joy uh, of having that freedom, of having that emergency fund. And, you know, we had him on the show because we thought if we can get people to think about an emergency fund, not as something that you should have, but something that would be joyful, something that would be exciting, um, that we could get more and more people to start thinking about that. You know, we've said on and on that a lot of this um, personal finance stuff is more about emotion, less about book knowledge, you know. And Amanda told us this last week. We talked about her lack of worry uh, in, during the shutdown and, and the fact that between her unemployment and her, her emergency fund, she had a viability of about, about six months. Now this was because her net was small, um, <coughs> but it was something that she had put together and it provided her a lot of security now where a lot of the, the world is just freaking out, waiting for their checks, looking for, Hey, what am I going to do? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, she also said, and this was interesting, that as she needed to get back to work, if her old job didn't come back, that this would give her a lot more freedom in looking for her new job because she could take a job that she really wanted to do rather than something that was just going to require, um, you know, a paycheck. So interesting how these pieces all fit together. We've done three episodes that related to emergency fund. This is the fourth. And the reason is, hey, this is an important thing. This is something that really people should do. And a lot of people will say, well, I don't have the discipline. I don't have the, I don't have the money. You, you go out and you find the money. You sell stuff. You work a side gig for a little while. You do whatever you need to do to put together that, that emergency fund. And there's work out there. I mean, there's things that people can do. Did you know, uh, what is it? Instacart, I heard, is hiring. And I guess Instacart's where a person goes shops for your stuff, picks it up and drops it at the house. Either of you guys use that? Um, I used it once. Yeah. And uh, the, the shopper person did a decent job. You know? Right. Uh, I don't. I use Amazon uh, Fresh. Uh, same concept. Yeah, we did that last week, Amazon Fresh. And it was the first time and we thought it'd be kind of weird people picking out your food. But um, they got the order right. It came as like two hours later, three hours later, and that you just get a text and it goes, uh, your delivery guy needs help. And beneath that, it says your food's on the front door and you open it up and there's bags with your food in it. Yeah, I was skeptical of the produce and the meat. Yeah. Just because I 
like going to the market and I like picking out like which apple I like or which right. potato or like which cut of meat. Right. And so, to my surprise, everything came out really nice and they picked out great produce. They picked out a great cut of uh, ribeye steak. And I would recommend that every listener try it. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, most people have been satisfied. I've, I've got a friend of a friend. Um, so somebody I haven't met directly, but a friend of a friend. And the story was that uh, this guy got laid off. So he came down and he did uh, what is it, Uber Eats, which is another delivery service. And he's making like 20 bucks. And then he goes to uh, Instacart and he's able to make going up on $40 an hour between tips and, and all that stuff. That ain't bad, especially for something where you can control your hours and um, um, you know, have some flexibility. It's a great temporary side gig. What was your experience with, uh, um, you were with uh, Instacart, right, Brian? Um, yeah, I uh, did the ordering online and I, I wasn't as um, happy as you were, Nick. Um, obviously we can't compare services because it was just one experience first with company A and one right. experience with company B. Um, but I did appreciate the effort on the tech technology side. I was like, Oh, it's cool. They were trying to ask me, Hey, do you want this as a, as a substitute for this? Um, which I did, I did not know was going to be happening. So, um, wasn't too thrilled with the produce choices, but all things considered, um, you know, it's a viable way to get food if it you know you're trying to stay indoors and lock it down right and i don't mind going to the store personally but you know to i I like to put on a hat i like to put on the mask put on the you know my regular glasses and it's kind of a pain you know you go over there and you go oh is there going to be a line or what's it going to look like are people going to you know bump into you or some of the aisles are like one way and if you go the wrong way you're you're worried that someone's going to like you know, yell at you, get your stuff away from me. <laughs> it's like, you just, you just kind of worry. People are a little on edge sometimes. So it's a, it's, it's a different way of going about it. Either you guys been to Costco lately? I haven't been there. Uh, Not two, since the, the well, it, uh, well, no, I have, uh, I was there two weeks ago. And um, one thing that's deterred me, although I appreciate it, it's just wearing masks in public. I, as I wear glasses, it, my mask always fogs up my glasses and it's just a big pain. Right. And so I've just been sticking to uh, Amazon Fresh. And I noticed that uh, I, ra- I ran out of eggs this morning. So I'm on Amazon Fresh right now uh, about to purchase some eggs and hopefully I can have a, a nice breakfast tomorrow. That's cracking me up. You're doing a show and ordering the eggs. <laughs> I, I, I see what you did there. It's cracking me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bum bum. <laughs> I remember when we did the show in Van Nuys, when we needed some information or some data, Brian would like go online and like slip me a little piece of data on something that we were talking about. It's amazing uh, what you can do while you're, you're laying out an audio track, in this case, an audio and a video track. Um, and there's, there's other things that you can do. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting stuff. Well, we've digressed a little bit about this food being delivered. Um, oh, the point that I wanted to make was I went to, to Costco to get some meat because they've got good meat in this area and not too bad, not too bad. I mean, the line wasn't too long. 
people were still moving around a lot, but everyone was trying to do the social D. So um, not too bad, all things considered, but what a, just what a pain in the neck. I got to get my mask. I like to wear the hat. You know, you come home and it's like, well, I should leave my shoes at the door, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you guys. When the food comes, do you leave it outside for any period of time in case there's any uh, Coronas on the bag? I personally don't. No, you just open it up and you're good to go. B? Um, I'll wipe the products down yeah. as much as possible. You know, cereal comes out of the box and goes straight into a, another container. So the box, I'll bring the box in, but it's not in for long and it kind of stays in one area. Right. Um, produce, you just antibacterial wipe the little bag that it's in yeah and then you wash it um yeah anything else is kind of wiped down yeah i mean that i'm that's probably only going to last for another couple of weeks then i'll break down on that and go f it and just just wing it baby <laughs> just let it burn the wife doesn't like to have boxes on the countertop here so we we have it on the floor and then we yeah. lift stuff up onto the countertop and a little little precaution i was really touched by the uh uh, the precaution that they had uh, recommended on Saturday Night Live last week. I don't know if either of you saw that. They yeah, said, what was it? Well, yeah. they said, here's what you do. You, you get the box, you, you know, you bring it inside the front door and you, spl- you spray that sucker down with bleach. And then you put it outside the door and call the people and return it. Because you don't want to take that risk. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who did it. Maybe was it Kristen Wiig that did it? She was the, the guest host. And uh, a funny little take on that. But yeah, I, I do worry about that. You don't know. I mean, a, a bag is moving around with a lot of other stuff in a truck. And yeah, you don't know. So we, we try and be at least cautious or thoughtful about it, you know. So again, all right, we're, we're digressing. But I thought those were interesting things. Back to the, back to the emergency fund. And I want to summarize a little bit. Um, one, a low net is really a nice thing to have before you look at putting together your emergency fund. It makes you sustainable. It, it means you don't have to worry as much. Um, you should have about three to six months. That's probably the average of your nut, of your spending, not your gross, but your nut. Number three, do it now. I mean, start on it now. You're not going to get it done right away. Even in these tough times, unless you're completely living on reserves, Take a look at how to put that together. Get a side gig, sell something, do those kinds of things. If we were, if you go back and listen to last week's show uh, where we were talking to Amanda, she was saying, look, it really wasn't that hard. I'm not missing out that on much. I just don't go out quite as much and invite people over and we cook food. And it really hasn't made that big of a difference in my life while I'm putting this together. Um, next thing, wow, it gives you peace of mind and can actually be a joyful, reassuring experience. So that's something to think about. And as you get back to it, it gives you the opportunity to look for a better job, one that's more, uh, you know, one one that's more rewarding, with something more you want to do, rather than just looking around going, oh, I got to get a job and I got to have a paycheck, you know, right away. I don't know. I think that sums it up. You guys got anything to add? Stay safe, everybody. And stay healthy. And then uh, we'll be back in a week. Yeah. You know I, what I said a couple of weeks ago? Do the social D to avoid the Corona V. <laughs> this is Dave Hagan. 
and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right. We haven't done emails in a couple of weeks. They're building up. So let's pick one off the pile. Brian, what do you got for me? Well, Dave, we've got one here from Steve and he's writing in. um, And gentlemen, try not to laugh. Um, I am 35 and single. I have a good paying job making about 65,000 a year and can cover my expenses each month. I do have about 15,000 in credit card debt that has built up over time. Uh, Just a lack of attention to the numbers, I suppose. I want to use this coronavirus situation to get ahead. I see from from talking with my friends that if I don't pay my credit cards, they may very well call me and give me a forbearance on payments. I'm thinking about doing this intentionally so that I can save up some money and get a new car. Also, I'm thinking that after this forbearance, I may be able to settle out with them for 10 or 20 cents on the dollar. What do you think, Steve? Oh, wow. What do you guys think? Um, Steve, dude, are you crazy? Not the, oh, well, you know, at least he's thinking. He's, he's, he's trying. He's looking for the angle. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off Brian and just say he's he's thinking. Yeah. No, I don't want to dog anyone, but uh Steve, we gotta talk you off of this, dude. This is this is not a, a good thing for so many different reasons. First of all, let's talk about the forbearance. Um, you know, these credit card companies, if they see that you're late, some of them are gonna call up people and say, Hey, you need a forbearance. I know people that have had that experience. But do you think they're going to stop the interest running during the forbearance? No. It's like uh, years ago when they sent me a, a thing in the mail and they said, hey, we want to give you, from the credit card company, we want to give you a holiday gift. We're not going to require payment this month. Enjoy spending more money during the holiday season. And it's like, but yeah, in the meantime, you're charging me interest. You're really feathering your bed um, in a, in a fake way, trying to provide some value to me. That's not what happened. What's not happening here, but they're still going to charge you interest. And why would you let interest continue to run on, you know, whatever that balance is, uh, that $15,000 and why it just doesn't make any sense. Um, two, you're going to use the money to buy a car. Um, again, why? I mean, if you don't have a car and you need to get around, um, I suppose you've got a need, but I wouldn't use forbeared money that should be going to a credit card to get a car and, and especially not a new car. I mean, we've talked about this on TFWP so many times, not a new car, a car that's two years old, a car that, that you can pay for with cash, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But no, no, don't do that. What if you want to do invest the money? I know there's people out there that would say, yeah, I'll save the, um, I'll save the money now. Uh, by not making the payments so that I can uh, invest that money. Um, Nick, you're big into investments. Would you do that? 
I like contesting. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. You know, I'm just I'm I'm I just stay bullish, as we say. Um, but you know, for the purposes of this situation, I would say no. All right, all right. What about um, what about the concept of of settling later? I hate that concept. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's just a negative um, outlook on the situation. And taking advantage? Yeah. Brian, how about you? It's not a good long-term plan. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I mean, you settle up later. That means you got to have cash later. And I guess if you haven't spent the money that you were supposed to send in, um, you know, now you're going to have some cash in theory if you haven't bought a car or yeah, then you're going to have the tax liabilities as well. Exactly. Exactly. That's where I was headed. When you settle debt, the amount that you don't pay is taxable. So why, why pay tax on whatever you're going to save? The, the spread of what you're going to save is not that much. And your credit is beat up. Now that's that I what I was about worried it. about. I was worried about the credit. Yeah. And we're not we're not real big fans of credit rating and credit reports, et cetera, here on TFWP, but it's always something to consider, you know, especially if you want to buy a house down the line. So yeah, it's going to show up on your credit. It's going to show settled for less than the full amount. Um, maybe, maybe not a good thing. Um, what would you guys do? What would you advise Steve to do in this circumstance? Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> While you guys are thinking, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. Then, how about doubling up on your payments and retiring your debt? Your debt's about uh, what 25, 23 percent of your your gross income. How about doubling up on that? And then today's topic du jour: How about putting together an emergency fund? How about then putting together a retirement account so that you can start investing that money? That would be the time to invest, it would seem to me, after the emergency fund, after the debt's retired. Um, then you can start investing this money and you can start to enjoy or, or at least start the ball rolling on that compound interest uh, topic. That's what I would do. Double up on the payments. Exactly the opposite of what Steve was talking about. What do you guys think? It's a, you know, as always, it's great in concept, um, but he's going to have to pick up a second gig for a little bit. Yeah, if That's you what really it wanted. boils down to, you have to get a second job for a little bit to get out of whatever you're in. Just for a little bit, and then you know, after that, use the extra. I don't know. Maybe you double up on income sources long enough to get rid of that 15k and then long enough to have cash for a car payment and then control your expenses to you know try and get a, a investments going yep i know it's you know it's always a tough situation yep we don't and know how much time he has to spend right now in his current gig so right right and if it consumes him there's not much he can do it it used to crack me up i would talk to people who would go to um, you know, outfits that said will help you reduce your debt, pay your bills, either consolidators or negotiators or whatever. Um, and and they would invariably say, "Well, you can always like get two jobs." And and the person would say, "Well, you know, I've got two young kids. My wife works and I work, and, and there's really not a lot of time." And you can't 
So for some people, you just can't do that, but, and you can't do it long-term, mm-hmm. but you can do it short-term. Even, even if you got a, you know, a spouse and two kids, you could do it for some short-term period until you reach a very specific goal. And fortunately in this economy with these, these side gigs, you know, we talked about Instacart a few minutes ago. We talked about Uber delivery or heck, we used to talk about Uber and Lyft. Now we don't, we don't talk about them so much anymore. No one wants to get into a car, into a metal container with a, with a stranger, you know? Well, yeah. And it's also, you know, even if you are driving for Instacart, you're still putting yourself at risk technically. Yeah. Cause you got the bags, you're you got the bags that you're, you're walking around in the environment. You know, when I do go out, it's appointed. I have a mission. I have, <laughs> I'm right to it and I get the heck out. Right. ASAP. right. So those people are living in that world. Right. Right. What's it like down in, um, in, in Venice right now? It used to be that Friday, Saturday night on the boulevard, was it Abbott Kenny? Uh, Abbott Kenny there's a lot they're... of money on Abbott Kenny. So there's always still stuff, uh, you know, people but are out on the street. People are still out walking around now, at least. Right. Um, I actually went, um, from where I live up to, uh, past Pacific Palisades area yeah. and kept going yesterday for the first time in a couple of months on a run. So, um, people are out, but you know, a lot of them have the masks on and, uh, you know, life goes on. Yeah. That's down on the path on the beach that you were yeah. at, man. Is that just one of the, the life's pleasures to go it out is. there and run it? It's pretty great. I'm not that fresh, lie. fresh beach air coming, cool, fresh beach air coming at your face while you're out there running. That's nice. It's a good gig. Well, it's a good thing to do now during this uh, Corona's time, you know? All right. Well, hey, Steve, that's our best collective advice. Um, you know, think twice, dude. Uh, it reminds me of the time I was sitting next to a uh, ski patrol guy on a, on a, a lift and we were being uh, lifted over a guy that was standing at the top of a precipice looking to do a big jump. And the uh, ski patrol guy just led, yelled out to him, dude, just think about it first. <laughs> if he said, no, 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 the guy'd probably do it anyway. But the patrol said, just think about it. And Steve, I guess that's our advice to you. Think about it. There's better ways to deal with this. And the advantage that you would get would would be so small in relationship to the downside that um, I really, really, really wouldn't do that. None of us would. Um, So there you go. Not what you wanted to hear, but maybe what you needed to hear. Good luck with that, Steve. Well, that's all the time that we have this week. Um, Stick with us next week. We've got another coronavirus edition coming up on the TFWP. Uh, All right. You know what? That's a wrap. Thanks to Nick. Thanks to Brian. Appreciate you guys coming online and spending some time with us. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, 
Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.